Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good, I hope. I'm doing fantastic. I know it's going to be a little while before you guys actually listen to this, but anyway, Happy New Year. Happy 2020. We're in the 20s, and I want to say it again. I said it for the last three shows. It seemed like the other day we were going into Y2K, and everybody was having like a minor meltdown because everything was going to collapse because nothing was going to recognize 2000. And here we are 20 years later. Hello. There we go. Nothing happened. Everything chugged along and um, time sped by. And the point I'm trying to make, like I've done, that sometimes we create these these fears um, over things that never come to pass, you know, never uh, materialize. And by this, I don't mean that we shouldn't be prepared or, you know, look at things and say, wow, you know what, I need to um, think about what's what's going on, you know, with, uh, with my life uh, or, you know, make preparations. But we spend a lot of our time worrying about things, real heavy, like existential things that never come to pass, you know, and, 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 and we kind of lose the the energy that we should devote to other things that really matter that that and i'm not talking about worry i'm talking about energy as in thought um figuring things out or pondering them uh because we're all caught up with the worry because we think that if we worry a lot we're prepared we're we'll be prepared and i'm sure that everybody um can look back and say you know there was a lot of stuff especially as you get older by the way especially the heavy duty stuff that you say, I really was so worried about this. And yeah, some things sometimes happen, but there's a lot of stuff I spent so much time worrying about and it never happened. Or if it did, it was never, you know, some of us go to that worst case scenario thing 
Okay, which by the way, this is what was happening when Y2K was going on. It went to worst case scenario. And of course, Hollywood didn't help because what did they have? A meteor heading towards Earth? What else? Uh, it was it was horrible. Um, and then, like I said, this is, you know, this is not the what if. This is what actually did happen. New challenges. And um, also, I, I do a lot of research. And I do a lot of research into old newspaper clippings. Sometimes that go back 200 years, 100 years, 150, depending on what I'm researching. You'd be surprised when you look at the headlines of some of these newspapers, some of the things look like earth shattering. And But when we look at it from 100 years in the future, it was like, oh, wow. But what I'm saying is at that moment, the hype that goes into these events, of course, which at that point is to draw in readers because, you know, we're all unfortunately fascinated more than we should be. It looks like monumental, you know, the the trial of the century, the this of the century, the da da da. And 100 years later, everybody's dead. And here we are, the new generations living life and... Again, we come back to how much should we should we take in and at least filter it. You know, I, I you know, I believe that we should filter and I don't mean question every single thing because if not you will drive each other crazy. But when, you know, we unfortunately we get overwhelmed with so much information from all sides that so it, you, you, there's hardly any time that you're not going to get hit. I mean, newspapers really aren't that much around per se. But we have things that replace them, which, by the way, impact us a lot more than reading a newspaper because you're talking about television shows. Uh, well, a television. How's that? Television in all its forms, which and, you know, you guys know that because, you know, of what I know about hypnosis. Uh, some people, depending on music, will go into a, a trance where they accept it instead of listening to something going, you know, questioning it or you know, thinking, hmm. That does that sound right? No, or maybe that's a little bit overdone. No, they kind of like take it in. And then before you know it, the next few days, they're walking around like, oh my God, whoa, did you hear about that? And it's like, it became from an insignificant event that might affect just to an earth shattering, something's going to happen. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind for you, those of you who have not been alive that long. Or even, I mean, I look back and if I could go back and give my 20-year-old self some advice, it would that would be one of them, which is take it with a grain of salt, literally. There's a lot of things that all the worry, on the contrary, it serves to hold us back from executing. You know, that's my favorite word, execute, not just plan, uh, because we're all hung up on the, on the fear, fear, which is always our enemy. But... And, and of course, I know you guys are, are everything in the farm is fine, you know. Uh, uh, in a way, I'm glad, I hate to say it, that the holidays are kind of over because I, I was very happy. I had a December grand, on December 24th, I had a new grandson born, which it was great because everybody dropped all their Christmas stuff and was in the hospital. So I'm very happy. It was a very, very joyous Christmas for me and for my family. But in a way, uh, now that it's over, I'm like, man, holidays sometimes can be exhausting. So, yeah, everything's been put away and it's back to business as usual, kind of. And here I am because, you know, I like I told you guys, I didn't record anything during December, even though it's releasing shows. But back to work. So let me tell you about the good part. 
Okay, the good part, of course, is who I have as a guest. Now, this gentleman, he's known as Truth Seeker. All one word, and you guys will see a link to his website on the credits of the show. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is a Christian mystic, an author, visionary artist, and seer with a vision to release the spirit of awakening. He's also a songwriter uh, who's released over 200 songs, each one relating to the subject of spirituality. Now, his journeys brought him through research and experience with the occult, the paranormal, Christianity, and the spirit realm. Uh, This has led him into many mystical encounters with God, angels, spirits, and many other supernatural beings. He's the host of Truth Seeker podcast, and he's interviewed hundreds of experts and leaders in their fields, again, in uh, those subjects of the supernatural, religious, philosophical, and paranormal studies. Uh, He's made his life work to understand the spiritual realms and relate it back to people in a practical way. In October, he released a book, which you'll see the cover of in one of the slides of the show called Spirit Realm. Okay, Spirit Realm. And we're going to talk to him about, you know, about that book. And But, but you know what my first question always is? It's how did you find yourself getting involved in this? You know, you know my favorite is, was it a, a childhood thing? Or was it something that plunked you like a two by four as an adult on the head? But anyway, let, let's welcome him. How are you doing today, Tusika or Derek? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. I am super excited to have you on. And now you heard what I said. What what propelled you to go into this field? Childhood. What 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 was it? Yeah. You know, I like to I like to start there too on my podcast when I have guests on. What was it like? How old were you? And I love going back to the childhood stuff because that's what it was for me. Uh, you know, waking up in I remember going back to being about four years old, waking up in the middle of the night and having a sleep terror encounter where you wake up in sleep paralysis, and I felt oh. two uh, beings uh, on each side of my chest on my shoulders pinning me down to my bed when I was a kid. I woke up, I felt them, I seen them, it's just big black shadows, um, was scared to death, couldn't move, uh, couldn't speak. Don't know if I couldn't speak or if I was just too scared to speak, but it was something that, that really scared me. I knew I had to cough and I was just trying my best to hold it in. And um, yeah, that fear and that terror, man, that, that came into my life as a, a little kid. And um, it always left me with questions, like going on, going to... Uh, Growing up, going to sleepovers and telling ghost stories and stuff, and we'd talk about experiences and UFOs or whatever. And I would always bring that up. Have you guys ever woke up and had, you know, these encounters? Anybody in your room? And you know, it would other people would say, "Yeah, I had something like that." Or I remember my cousin talking about having a uh, the, the, seeing this man with a top hat standing in the corner of his room. And even when I was a kid, it sounded weird. But now that I do the research in these fields, like that's a legit thing. The man with that wears the top hat and the trench coat in the room, like yes. you know. And so I would ask questions to my cousins, and you'd hear different things. I heard stories that they were witches and they were good. They were witches, right. but they were good, and they would come and wake you up when stuff was happening. Uh, heard stories about people's houses being being on fire. And then the uh, witches would be there to wake them up at the foot of the bed, wow. different things like that. So it was real interesting. Uh, that's definitely what opened the door. It was the gate to uh, to the spirit realm. And so uh, that and then other encounters as I was growing up and being led to, you know, horror movies and paranormal shows on television and movies and stuff like that 
really o- opened me up to the exploration into uh, the paranormal and then even witchcraft into the occult and things like that. And so okay. begin to practice that stuff and have encounters myself, which, uh, you know, changed the course of my life to, to lead me down this path to where I am today. Wow. That is quite a story. And I, and I have to laugh because I can just imagine you as a kid trying to compare notes and hoping, I hope I'm not the <laughs> only one that this is happening to because Boy, you know, as a kid, that's, and this is what I tell people, they don't realize when you're a child, what are you going to do? You're stuck. You can't just like say, well, I think I'm going to move out from this place or, hey, let's leave town or, you know, you're there. If your family or your parents, whatever, are going to stay there, you're stuck. You have to endure it. And, And let me ask you, did you ever tell your family what was going on? Like later in life, it was kind of those same conversations, Okay, you know. Uh, around the campfire or telling ghost stories and say, hey, you guys ever, you know, having those stories. So that kind of happened. Now that I look back on it a little bit, like um, I, I really feel like like my, my mom and dad at the time and I, I grew up in New Orleans. And so it was okay. really common. It was really common for families to practice little forms of voodoo, even if they right. weren't teachers or really deep into it, they would burn candles. If someone stole something from them, then they would right. put a hex on them. That was kind of common knowledge. And so uh, there was some of that kind of going on in the house. And then I remember, you know, my childhood being really weird too, because my parents would have these uh, huge parties with all these strangers in the house. And so there would be all of these uh, weird people over there and people would fall out drunk. I mean, sloppy, just I remember sitting at the uh, dinner table with some random guy talking to this old man. And in mid-conversation, he just falls straight backward, (laughs) falls off the chair and passes out. And I'm like four years old having a conversation with this man. And so that was normal. But it's like the energies and the things that they would let in in the house. It really has me questioning like some of this stuff. Did they open up doors or were they opening up, you know, entertaining these spirits unaware, if you will. And so, yeah, it kind of led me in the road of just kind of, you know, looking into that stuff. Yeah. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but in a way, yeah, it, it, you know, maybe they don't, uh, they didn't mean it. And I'm sure yeah. by now you've heard, you know, of a lot of uh, people that have had encounters with, you know, whether it's the Ouija board or some, you know, channeling that what they at the beginning think is something that's not evil or dangerous. Eventually it does. In other words, it doesn't start out that way. It becomes yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. And um, things like that, I think that that a lot that's how a lot of people find themselves in these really uh, horrible situations because that was not their intention, whether they did it on purpose or whether they, you know, you were young and fooling around. And um, and people don't realize that sometimes you even have certain guests in your house that will leave stuff behind. Yeah. Uh, And then that 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 is the origins a lot of times of really unusual events but so what you're describing considering what you were telling me about having grown up in new orleans uh it's see that puts it a little bit more in context because i was gonna say well did did that place have a reputation for being haunted or like where did this come from <laughs> but now i i get it now i understand why um so here you are you did did you stay did 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 this follow you to different houses or were you there yeah for oh so okay 
So it was. Yeah. So it just, I guess, just that peering into the unknown. You know, mm-hmm. it was always there. So it would lead into movies, and then, you know, movies have a way of, you know, stirring the imagination or open up portals as if as well, putting ideas in your mind. Yes. So the movies and and the music and that growing up, and so really into the occult and got into that stuff. And like you said, I um, it, it really. Uh, piqued my interest into the unknown and uh, finding witchcraft books and all this kind of stuff, you know, and then starting to practice some of the rituals that we've seen in these books and playing with Ouija boards, trying to contact spirits and stuff like that. So, yeah, it definitely uh, opened up those doors. And I, I, um, as a teenager, got to this weird place um, where I'll just preface it by saying that I I, uh, was into like some just dark stuff and just Mm -hmm. tampering as a mis- misguided youth and looking into some occult stuff, listening okay. to dark music, a lot of Marilyn Manson and right. stuff like that, and um, rebellious stuff. But then I ended up going to a, a Bible study with a, okay. a guy who was kind of like an o- older brother figure, and he took okay. me to this Bible study and um, told me that there was going to be a prophet there because he had been trying to get me to go to these Bible studies in church okay. with him for, for months, and I didn't want to go. He said, well, there's going to be a prophet here. And I was like, well, what's that? He said, a prophet is like a Christian psychic. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So I'm into this kind of stuff, you know, and so I went to check it out and went to this little bitty apartment and it's about about 15 people in this little apartment and they're playing worship music and people have their eyes closed and their hands raised and they're like, it seems like they're not there. Like they're in another place, a peaceful place. Some people are crying, beautiful music playing. And it was like, it was interesting to me and I felt the, like this weird presence there that felt beautiful and peaceful. And uh, one of the guys came up to me and said, uh, Derek, would you do you want Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Just that simple. And I said, yeah, I don't want him to hold my sins against me. You know, so he said, OK, you want to pray? I said, sure, let's pray. And uh, so he just led me on this little simple prayer of repentance, asking Christ to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, those kind of things and uh, acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross making him Lord of my life. And I prayed that prayer. And when I did, I meant it with all my heart. And I felt this spiritual euphoria, this fire, feel like it come down from heaven and come into my body. And it was this fervent heat that began to cleanse out like all the wrong that I had ever done. Like I I felt like I was made new. It just cleansed my whole body and my spirit. And I began to cry and weep and just start shaking. And I couldn't stop convulsing, but it was beautiful. It's just beautiful experience. And so um, I started going to church with them and doing the Christian thing. This was in 1998 and uh, going to church and stuff like that. Uh, But it only lasted for just a couple months over the summer. I got enrolled into a different school and immediately, you know, met people who were into drugs and back into the same type of music and stuff. So the Christian thing didn't really last that long, even though it was beautiful. And I still kept going to church here and there. I started leaning more to the, some, the darker stuff again. Okay. And then so ended up meeting a, uh, someone who was a warlock uh, in okay. the neighborhood and an older guy who would let a lot of people come over to his house and throw big parties and stuff. And, right. and we, we would pick his brain all night about the craft and about witchcraft and demons. And he'd tell the stories that he had and how to do, you know, banishings and spells and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting. But, um, but that that piqued my interest and I got back into the stuff I was into before, but really deep. I started reading the Satanic Bible, a lot of okay. Wicca stuff like that. And then so really got to this place where I just started um, opening up portals and doing meditation to any type of spirit that wanted to come through. 
Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, and uh, would lay on the bed, and my uh, uh, fiance, girlfriend at the time, wife now, would uh, lead me in these meditations to go through and meet these different entities. And I was just doing so many of them. Like I would do one, it didn't work. I'd do another one, didn't work, because I knew that the other side was real, right? I had these experiences as a kid, right, right. And then I um, had this beautiful encounter with God and the Holy Spirit, right? So I knew there was something there. So let me t- try to tap into this stuff okay. to do some of the things that the warlock was doing. Like he was really good at making contact with entities. And I tried to do it and nothing really came through. Um, at the time, I was a misguided youth. We were robbing people in the gang activity, using drugs, all this kind of okay. things. And so all of that coupled with trying to contact entities whether they're demons and all of these every single one it was just trying to make contact okay um really they i tried to reach through to the other side and all, all of a sudden immediately uh, something reached back and so i found myself in this weird place to where i was being pulled in and out of trances in the middle of the day sitting at home with my uh, fiance and watching tv sucked into a portal in my mind and I'm um, seeing colors and shapes and wisps and, and, and smoke and all this weird stuff and, uh, and hearing voices, but they were speaking foreign languages and all at once. And, and I would, I would turn pale and uh, couldn't breathe and my heart would be racing and I would come back out of it and I'd just be crying. And it was so scary. I felt like I didn't have any control over it. Felt like they were messing with me taking my mind from me and this lasted for several weeks my health started to deteriorate to deteriorate started heavy. coughing up blood what? and uh yeah and so the next it would kept happening to me and it was so scary it felt like i was dying and um i told i told my girlfriend i was like we need to i need to we need to pray like this isn't this isn't good if i should go to a doctor they're gonna put me on some medication put me in a straight jacket that kind of stuff you know and so um I remember the the beautiful presence of Jesus that I felt at those prayer meetings in that church. And I was like, there was a place of serenity and and peace, you know, that I wanted back in my life. So um, I got her to pray with me one night after having an episode. The next morning, I woke up feeling better and threw away everything in my house, all of the the idols, the statues, the daggers and things we would use for ritual, the clothing, the music, got rid of everything pawned what we could of the stolen witchcraft books that we had had about 40 or 50 books we stole them all so there's the energy you're dealing with too yeah, so yeah. got rid of them all and bought uh some clothes to go to church and uh, uh uh bibles and started calling all these churches in the neighborhood and i would leave uh, uh messages on the answer machine for these churches asking these pastors to pray with me because i felt like i had demons Okay. And after about 15, 16 churches, I called one pastor called me back really? and okay. uh, ended up coming to the house to pray with me. He made a trip out there and then um, picking, he started picking us up, bringing us back and forth to church and stuff like that. So that was in that was September 7th of 2000 that I gave my okay. life to Christ. Just started walking with them ever since. And so, yeah, my life is kind of a model of tapping into that realm and getting bit by something, you know, and uh and, and, and I guess living to tell, tell about it, too, you know? Let me ask you something. Like you said, the, the first time, unfortunately, you got swept away from it. What did, did you find that this thing was going to try to pull you back in again? Yeah, I mean, so th- there's a, you know, in, in the Bible, it talks about um, Jesus says, you know, what happens when a, when a spirit leaves a person, when an unclean mm-hmm. spirit or, or defiled spirit leaves someone. Says it goes out to dry places, right? 
and it uh, it goes and gets seven stronger spirits, stronger than he is. So once you cast this entity out, it goes to get stronger guys to come back. And it says if it, if the spirit comes back and that home is swept clean and like you've done the inner work, you've cut those addictions out or whatever it may be. If you, the house is clean and, and in order, then they just go about their way. But okay. if it comes back and the house is the same way, then they come back with seven stronger spirits. And it says the state of that person is worse than it was before. Um, okay. And that's that's what happened to me. So they 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 left, you know, when I was a teenager, just messing with the stuff and left and got into church and cast all that stuff out, repented. But then I got back into it and then they came greater to a, to a degree where I was going schizophrenic, you know, hearing voices. I was a teenager, wasn't using any hard drugs or anything okay. like that. And uh, so, yeah, I felt like they, they came back to collect and uh, my house wasn't swept clean. And now, you know, they're gone. So that was, like I said, in 2000. So been uh you know so in, in other words yeah they they and it, it's it's incredible because even though you were involved in all of this and you were immersing yourself you did recognize th what's going on here it's not in other words you, it's not like i'm going crazy like i know my my sanity is still here okay this is happening ex outside of me or to me in other words mm -hmm. because you know a lot of times when people have these experiences sometimes like you said, you weren't doing hard drugs or anything like that. They think that the problem is them. Okay, it's their mind, in other words. Uh, and they don't look at what's really uh, what's really going on, which is outside of them. In this case. Uh, and so you've been, after, after 2000, you said, right? How's, what's your life been like? Because... I can imagine that you had to kind of basically adjust what who you hung out with, everything about your life, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. See, that was a big thing because we were living in in Louisiana at the time, but um, um, my girlfriend was living with me, and she's from Alabama, so um, we we started going to church and and uh, trying to hang out with the same uh, friends and and stuff. And I remember going, uh, you know, with this new life and trying to do right, you know. And then I went and picked up a friend. And we picked him up and he got in the back seat and he started fidgeting around with something. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he pulls out this steak knife. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I can't trust nobody, man. Oh. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, we got to drop you off and get it. This is, this is, <laughs> the, we're done with this, you know? So from that point, it was like, okay, yeah, I need to. And so we had, we had these list, list of prayers, man. We uh, were like praying every night, uh, me and my girlfriend and it was like seven things. It was, I need new friends. We want to be, uh, relocated back to Alabama. Uh, we, our car was jacked up and we needed a, our car fixed and all of these things. And we would pray every night and believe God for it. And within a week, like all of those prayers that we had written down and we we're okay. speaking out loud and asking God to help us with, uh, within a week, they were all like supernaturally answered. Um, my wife walked into it. We went to a uh, visit, um, back in Alabama, her family, and um, we were we wanted to relocate. We were just here just for the weekend, but we wanted to relocate. Okay. Uh, we drove the car there, and the car was—I mean, you turn it on, and it it like pedaled to the metal. You had to ride the brake, like you didn't even have to push the gas. That's how. It was. <laughs> but we went from Louisiana to Alabama. We 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 made it. Um, she went back to visit some of her um, friends where she used to work, and she walked right in the front door. 
and uh, she wanted to, she was going to look for a job. She walked in the front door. They said, hey, Aaron, you want your job back? And they were joking. Wow. But she said, yeah, actually, I do. Okay, you start start tomorrow or whatever. It's like, what? So we like wanting to move back here, get jobs and all these things. And right. her parents that's, that's paid. It was one of the most important things right there. Yeah, her parents paid to get the car fixed. And uh, immediately we were embraced by old friends. So we had like all these old friends who were like in the church or whatever. So we had all these new friends. And there were just so many things that we had a place to stay and new jobs and stuff. And it was just like this kind of way it felt like God uh, was answering our prayers and showing us like this new life and how he has everything under control and things. Isn't that that's incredible when you say that thing about you know, a lot of times people, they do want to do things, but then they are, well, like you said, I need a job, my car, you know, it's like, I've got a million things going on of what's wrong, in other words. And here you, in other words, you actually put it in faith. You, you just, okay, because otherwise, if, if I try to logic my way into this, it's not going to work. Because logic is telling me that I've got all these obstacles. So how's this going to work? And yep. also, it sounds like you were very lucky in the sense that your girlfriend, now wife, also was on board with you. Well, that yeah, that's another story, too. So I, I'll just because I kind of skipped it, you know, um, when I was going through this phase of when I woke up throwing everything away, mm-hmm. like I woke up the next morning after having that bad attack, like I took all of our books, posters off the wall. I mean, everything I put it in the garbage bags, T-shirts, all that. And I uh, took it all and, and threw it in the garbage I said, I'm getting rid of it. I got to change and okay. she was freaking out. What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, no, I I have to go back to God. Like, I can't do this any longer. And she's like, okay. Don't, doesn't understand. And um, I said, look, I said, either you can move back to Alabama or you can try this with me. You can go back and live with your mom and dad. I don't care, but I have to get my life together. I, there's no way. I'm freaking out, going crazy. She's crying. And I said, uh, I said, like I said, you can, you know, follow God, put your faith in Christ and, and whatever. She's like, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I said, well, just try. She's like, I can't try. I don't believe in something. You're trying to make me believe in something that I don't believe in. I said, well, we're believing in the, the goddess and the God and the sun and the moon and mm-hmm. the fairies and Pan and all of these other entities. We could believe in all that, but we can't believe in Jesus. I said, Look, try it for one week. And if our life isn't 100% better after one week, I'll go back and worship whatever you want me to. Like, that's what I, that's how much I knew, like, my faith was. And, and she said, okay. And sure enough, again, within that first week, God just kind of, you know, changed our lives, man, you know, drastically. It was amazing. That is quite a story. That is quite a story. So, and you know what? And then I want to say another thing. And this is the practical stuff. When you made that decision to leave New Orleans, in other words, you said, I I imagine at some point you said, if I stay here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's not gonna work, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you did that. You did a real smart thing. You like cut cords. You you just cut it with everybody, and it was like, hey, uh, you know. It's a step of faith, literally. Yeah, yeah, because like you. It said, was funny too because we, we we were wanting to go to to go visit and try to because our mom and dad said if y'all can make it back we'll get the car fixed and so okay, okay. Uh, but we didn't have any money. And and right. back then you can uh, about twenty bucks to fill the tank up back mm-hmm. then, and uh, we didn't have any money. And so her grandmother's like, "Okay, you know, pull the tire out, look under the tire. I I, I put you twenty dollars under there. 
just in case you needed it, you know, if you ever needed to get back. So her grandmother, like, you know, had, had the money hid, hidden in the car <laughs> so That's we can great. get back on the 20 bucks. That yeah, just special. little miracles, man. And so you learn to appreciate the small yeah. things. And I think that taught us to see God in everything, you know, and, to, you know, and, and the beauty and, and majesty of, of, of the creator in all things. And he knows every little minute detail about you. You know, you're not out here by yourself just trying to figure things out. Like there's a right. creator, there's a song and dance that that's uh, intricate and beautiful and wants to work with you and encounter you in, in, in any way possible. So I just that was our foundation moving forward in our Christian walk. And then and then so, we, you know, we did the Christian experience for years, going to church, worship, um, you know, youth group and, and worship meetings and just doing a regular Christian experience. But my my uh, my walk got to be a little bit deeper. Okay. Studying some things that uh, some uh, questions that uh, we were told not to ask about the Bible or about Jesus and okay. more spiritual stuff or even the books that were taken out. Why were they taken out? Yeah. Well, they wasn't supposed to be in there to begin with. You'd hear these weird things. And so it just, you know, the seeking process, the, right. the answers that I was given from the elders and stuff didn't didn't satisfy me. I didn't believe them. So I wanted to seek and find out these things for myself. So um, it really led me into a lot of deeper things, looking in the stuff that was taken out and why it was taken out and some of the stuff in it that was uh, really interesting about angels and demons and things like that that were mentioned of in some of these other books, the Book of Enoch and things like that. And um, so I began to fast and pray and then I felt like God would lead me down these roads of study and, and then the sanctification where like I would just... Um, be shown things about the spirit realm and be, you know, okay. shown things in the Bible and then this beautiful synchronicity and um, ended up just uh, studying other philosophies and stuff as well and being able to see God in it or see even the Bible, like seeing like the terminology, like talking about the same things, just using different terminology or whatever. And um, the Christian community, they really wasn't, you know, they really didn't like that. And at the time I was doing gospel hip hop and I would speak at churches and tell them the story about how I was in the witchcraft and the occult and things like that. And so now I'm getting into other philosophers who using the word esoteric or whatever, right. mystics or mystics, old mystics of old. And so I would quote their stuff because it would resonate with me and it would it would be like line for line of things that even Christ said, but just worded differently, but they wouldn't have any part with it. So it really be, drew like this wedge between me and what I was doing with evangelism in the Christian church to like, okay, now you're new age or now you're yeah, into boy. astrology and all these other things that I'm like, yeah, but it's in the Bible and it's like speaking of it in a good way. And they didn't want anything to do with it. So it was back in around 2012, started going in this, te this seesaw of going back and forth about my identity and who I was and the things that I felt like God had called me to, some of the deep, beautiful secrets of the Bible even and, 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 and the universe and, and uh, the deep calling out onto deep. But it was, this, uh, it was, a, it was a seesaw and this, this, it was hard to kind of say goodbye to that life that I was embraced by the Christian community, which now looked at me as a devil yeah. worshiper, really. You know, uh -huh. they would say that people who looked up to me say, man, you fell off the bandwagon and now you're worshiping. It. And it's like, I yes. know I'm not worshiping the devil. And they would try to equate that to like, yes. hold on. I know what it's like to worship the devil. 
Trust me, I've been there. I've done it. I've got I got the scars to prove it. Literally, blood right. covenants and oaths to prove it. I've got the scars today, and I'm not worshiping Satan. So, you know that whole transition was very hard, and uh, I'm I'm lucky that I made it today, and I am who I am today with the, with my right. sanity coming out of that because that was so hard because my identity was in not who I was, but about what I did. You know, my identity was that I was a leader and an entertainer or uh, a great speaker, you know, so mm-hmm. finding my identity now outside of that or maybe even a balance in, in between it because I'm still a believer. Like I still have my foundation, right. but I'm into some of the, the, the things that were uh, that that seemed taboo. But right. I trace it all back to the Bible, especially in my new book, Spirit Realm. I'm giving you all of these things that we would call a cult. We're talking about telekinesis, telepathy, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of this, ESP, extrasensory right. perception, bilocation, right. going in, the, in and out of trances, traveling to heaven, astral projection. But I'm showing you examples in right. the Bible and scriptures and lines and in my experiences and stuff like that. So that's still my foundation, but it's this freedom to explore the beauties and depths of God in, in all things. You know what? You're not the first person I've heard describe exactly what you said, that that they reached a certain level of understanding. And then when they went seeking clarification, they were like shut down. Yeah. Like we're not going to talk about that because really that's like, that has to do with Satan or the devil or, and they would be like, but, but it's not, I just, you know, in other words, it wasn't like a clarification was given and then told, Hey, well, this is why no, it was, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. And yeah, I've had more than one person tell me, especially after they had been involved with it for a while. And like you said, you, you grow into that wanting to know more, like, you know, you reach the ceiling and you're Mm -hmm. like, you start questioning things. Like you said, well, if it's in the Bible, but they're like, no, we're going to pick and choose. That's old. That's old. It's like, there's other old stuff that you guys love. Like when it, when it comes for me to give you money, you love that old stuff. But what about the other old stuff? You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and that's what I heard. People were saying, well, you know, why, what's wrong with asking if it's in the Bible, you know, what? No, no, no. It was like, this is not, this conversation is not going to happen. Yeah. And they were, they, they eventually, some of the people, per, persons I've spoken to, have eventually they went seeking other churches or other pastors that would at least listen to them, okay? Uh, and then try to shut them down because of that, because they felt like uh, they, they wanted answers to this one way or the other. You know, it was either maybe I'm reading this and I'm not understanding it the right way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, but that's, and, and I, you know, I, I think that human beings, not only as far as our mental capacity for knowledge, spiritually, we never stop evolving or growing. I think we do oh. that all the way to the moment of our death. I mean, there, I don't think there's ever a moment that you could say, I've, I I know it all, you know, spiritually, <laughs> I'm at the, that's it. I'm never, I'm, I'm good where I'm at and I just have to stay here uh, because we're shaped by events, by things that happen around us. A lot of things and we're always evolving which i think is part of the challenge of being a live person uh especially in the spiritual sense mm-hmm. um now let me ask you by the way what you were talking about earlier where you were doing talking about to whether i don't know whether it were the youths or anybody mm-hmm. um about your experiences prior you know whether it was witchcraft or dark yeah. magic and by this i'm not talking about wicca i'm not talking i'm talking about 
uh, dark magic, whatever you, by whatever name, you know, mm -hmm. whether we're talking blood sacrifice, animals, and, you know, of course, you know, there's, yeah. there's thought of devil, you know, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. human sacrifice or blah, blah, blah. I think that's fantastic because uh, I imagine I, there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of ways out there that they, the children or teenagers, if you want to call them, or adolescents get, get dragged into this by its appearance mm -hmm. at the beginning, not being dark. How's that? Yeah. I, you know, that was, that was it for me too, because there was like, I can pinpoint certain things. There was a movie that came out mm -hmm. and it seemed like a beautiful movie. Like I seen it and I, I fell in love with it. It was a movie called The Craft. Yeah, I remember and, that movie, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. and that, that movie, did, you know, when I was at the peak of doing, not the peak, but that opened up a door for me and it made it look like something beautiful and I can communicate with these entities and stuff like that. But it was like, when, once I got into it, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it right. I was just going through any, any door, any avenue that, that anything that wanted to come through, I was just so I would know that it was real and I had the power. Okay. Like I would, I would try it. And you know, that came from this experience that I had with uh, the warlock guy okay. was he was, there was a, he was having a party at his house and me and my cousin were down for the, for the weekend in, in Alabama. And he, um, I would stay with different friends just for the night. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to go back to Louisiana that su that Sunday, my mom dropped me off, got to visit my friends, got to visit my girlfriend. This is when she was still in high school, but right. He dropped me up. She dropped me off, and I would steal from the friends. I would stay with one friend, and I would right. steal CDs, T-shirts, video games, controllers. Had right. a big duffel bag, and I go stay with another friend. You know, okay. I think it was like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Each night, okay. I stayed with different friends, and I had a huge duffel bag with all of this stuff. And my mom was gonna come Sunday night, pick me up, bring me back home, and I got all of this new stuff. You know, <laughs> shopping and spree. Let me ask you: Did they, did they ever call you out on it? Well, so. My mom didn't come. Her car broke down. Oh. So I'm stuck in Alabama. Like, who am I going to stay with? Because I, don't, <laughs> yeah. so, I can't go back to their house. I got all their stuff in my bag, you know? Um, so uh ended up staying at my girlfriend's house and in her treehouse one night. So we stayed in her treehouse one night. The next night, oh um, we were hanging out at the Warlock's house. I was like, hey, can we crash here? He said, sure. So um, we crashed there. The, the, the another one like my mom kept pushing the date back it was like tuesday so so supposed to come we're just like left as teenagers stranded right. uh trying to find places to stay and um we i stayed with a guy across the street one night from the warlock right and so i thought my mom was coming the next night stayed with the warlock and stole some stuff from him i stole oh. a video game it was a dungeons and dragons video game I went to uh, across the street, put it in the closet, came back over there to hang out. Hey, what's going on? Acting like everybody's cool. There's all kind of people over that night, and uh, they're about to have a party. There's people over there about to start smoking pot and drinking. All these uh -huh. people just out of nowhere. This huge party bre breaks out. And the guy, they're in the gang involvement and stuff like that. So right. it's kind of they're in the like dark stuff, right? Um, so we're sitting on the couch, and there's all these other guys there who I've never seen before, and uh, older gentlemen. And uh, they all were wearing black and they were sitting in the living room. We were sitting down with the guy with the warlock and uh, somebody opens the front door, walks in with the video game that I stole from. They found my bag. Oh. 
and, they, and they hand the video game back to the warlock and he looks at it he, they look at each other and they shake their head yeah and i'm sitting there like oh i think we're gonna get jumped because they're in the gang involvement they really dark stuff and so they look at each other shake their head yeah one of them stands up and i look up and they walk to the back another one stands up walks to, i think they're getting guns or bats i don't know one at a time they all go oh to the back I, I told my cousin i said hey we gotta go we gotta go now he's like no there's a big party a bunch of girls because he has I no said, idea no. what's going on right? yeah we gotta go you didn't see that he said no man i said we gotta go we walk outside i told him he's like oh i said bro we're about to get jumped we're about to get it's not gonna be good like they might torture us and stuff like it's kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, they do. um so there was this guy out there talking to some girls around his vehicle and i asked him i said hey can you uh can you give us a ride down the road because my girlfriend her parents were just right down the street he said sure so we got in with car with this guy we didn't know he drops us off about a mile down the road and uh we were gonna try to make it back to the treehouse we had slept there one night before so we, we get out and we start walking up the road but then we hide in the bushes because it's not dark yet and so we thought we seen her parents in the yard so we was gonna wait for the sun to go down a little bit and try to get that clear shot to run to the treehouse so we could stay the night um so we're around the bushes by this open field and we're trying to look and see when we can go and i've I seen this light going through the yard and i i, I thought the light was her dad okay this was the, in her uh, parents yard yeah I, I thought the light was uh her dad with a flashlight but literally we watched the light for about 45 minutes and it almost seemed to mesmerize us as we watched it and it would just kind of hover through the yard. Um, it was like, and it started getting dark. And it's like, okay, we, we need to make a run for it now. So we go around the side of the bush to the open field. And right when we did, out of thin air, this uh, entity appeared. And it was an, it, only thing I could say it looked like was an eight foot tall camel appeared out of thin air, blacker than the darkest of night, night screamed and ran past me and my cousin, knocked us both down and, dis and vanished. Uh, as some type of uh, elemental uh, okay. entity that was summoned to go out and get his stuff. And we got up off the ground, freaked out, and we both took off to the uh, um, treehouse. Now, that was right before all of the bad stuff happened to me, you know. So you would think that that would say, hey, stay away. Don't mess with this stuff. But for me, it was like that's where the hunger came from that, hey, if I got good enough, then I can make I can summon a creature like this. I can. You know, yeah. do those rituals and learn how to do that. And so that even got me in deeper to where eventually. So I'm doing all of the books, right? Let me ask you, and your cousin saw this thing too. So it wasn't yep. just you. Exactly. That's what, like, that's the thing, you know, because everybody's like, well, it's just in your head, or maybe it was this, maybe it was that. You know, a lot of people talk about DMT being released in the brain and you having this supernatural encounter you, you create it. Yeah, right, right. But when you have four <laughs> people, it like yes. solidifies it. Hold on. It wasn't just me, mm -hmm. you know? And it literally right. knocked us to the ground. Um, but yeah, that that opened up those doors for me to to tap into the other side. But it, you know, it wasn't good. You know. Did you? I take it so. Did you, well? Of course, your mom finally showed up, right, and took you yeah. back home. Well, it was, yeah. So her as we went to the trying to go to the treehouse, her her dad sees us. He comes outside and sees us, and uh, they end up calling the cops, and uh, I, they had nowhere to take me. They took us both to um, uh, the police station. We're, we're wait, wait, under. Wait, wait, wait. Who called the cops? Her dad. Her dad. Her dad called us. What are you? What are y'all doing? Is, you know, we're we're like panicked because this right. just happened, and right. uh, and uh, I'm like I'm in I'm shooken up. I'm in tears and stuff, and I don't want to tell them like he would. 
I don't know if we tried to tell them. I don't think we did, but um, they called the cops on us and ended up uh, the cops didn't have nowhere for us to go. So they sent us to um, what was it a um, like a a boys not a boys home but a foster mm-hmm. home right. with all the children. So we're you know I'm waiting for mom to come get me. Now we're in a foster home the next day. You know, and they take us in the middle of the night, drive somewhere out, wake up. They go in here, lay down. We wake up and go have breakfast with all these kids and all these people at a foster home. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. It's like, where's, where the hell is my mom at, you know? <laughs> Does she know she, where to come get me? <laughs> yeah, and they had to come get me from a foster home. Like, And I had to, like, they wouldn't let me leave with my cousin because his parents came and got him. But they said, we need your guardian. We can't just let you go with your uncle. How old were you? I was uh, 15, 14, okay, 15. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so I had to stay like two or three nights in this Christian. Uh, so, let me ask, just out of curiosity, how long ago did you actually end up then there in Alabama? Um, a week? I've been back since 2000. No, no, but I'm saying that. Okay. that, that uh, how long? It was probably five days. Five, okay. Five, five, five days. That must have yeah. been a long five days, huh? It was, especially at the, uh, especially, I mean, that place was sad because the, the kids were like, it, that really left an Im- imprint on me because the kids were like, yeah, my, you know, my dad's going to come get me this weekend. And they had all these yeah. dads coming. He's just working right now. And they were just all these random kids at this facility. And it was just like, man, and I got in trouble there. I was trying to teach the kids witchcraft there and oh stuff. Oh, my God. Like, oh. yeah, I have to speak about that. They wouldn't let me wear my Marilyn Manson shirts and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> it's a Baptist home. I had, well, you know, I had hair. I had uh, in my bag that I had, I had some hair, hair, dye, hair bleach, and it was the powdered bleach. Oh. And they pull it out. They're like, what is this powder, son? That's just bleach. I bleach my hair. No, we got to dump that out. This is, they thought it was drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, mom, come get me quick. And yeah. Bit, uh, yeah. Ma'am, you need to come and get him now. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to say the least. So, and you know what? And again, you were instead of—I mean, at that moment you were scared, but at the same time, it hooked you in deeper because you were thinking, if this guy could do this. Now, let me ask you: During all this time, did you ever fear I'm going to conjure something or invoke something I'm not going to be able to control? Not until it came. Once, you know, while I was doing it, no, because I was like so hungry and so thirsty for it. Mm -hmm. But when it came. Yeah, I mean, we were, we would sit inside, and and there would be entities and and shadows that would run past the TV, and we, okay. me and my girlfriend would both see it, and uh, okay. and it would be in the corner, and we'd look, and they'd disappear. We'd hear, you know, all just strange noises, and okay. and um, a lot of it happened for me. So w- when my mom finally did come get me, um, she brought me back to Louisiana, and we stayed out in way out in the woods, and by myself. My cousin was gonna come back with me for the, okay. for the summer. Or just a couple of weeks at least, and um, but since he was gone, she didn't even you know bother trying to go get him. She knew we were in trouble and stuff, so brought me back. And I'm staying out in the woods by myself in Louisiana at night, and I, w- I was so scared. I was still trying to do these rituals, and this was at the beginning of of the rituals, or not right. when it got deep. Um, I would be sitting on the couch, and again the wind would blow through the house, and it was like old horror movies. I would hear whispers in the wind trying to communicate with me, and and i'm like i'm just sitting on the couch just scared to all the lights on the, in the house are but on you, not scared enough though huh no 
Not as long as people were around. <laughs> but if I, I was by myself, that's scary. Yeah. When you're by yourself and like something literally happens. You know, the weird thing was, is like I did a lot of solo um, uh, rituals and stuff there out of the Satanic Bible mm-hmm. by myself. Right. Um, and I think like I look back on it, I feel like I was just lonely. Like I wanted attention. Like I wanted even so much an entity to show up and hang out with me almost. Man, like that's you, kind you of weird. didn't have any siblings? No siblings? I did, but they were different places. They okay. living with different people at the time. My mom was going through stuff and Okay. You know. So yeah, but at this particular spot we were at, I was by myself with my mom and they would my brother would come in and out at times, but okay. you know. Let me ask you did your mom know what you were trying to do or did she have any idea or No, I mean she knew I was into dark stuff and discouraged, you know, some of the the attention attention stuff dressing weird makeup gothic that kind of thing cutting so any of that kind of stuff she would didn't want to have it but she didn't know about any of the witchcraft what, or stuff or she thought you were eventually just going to outgrow it i guess so but she uh it, it yeah i mean i was yeah getting into all the gothic stuff and well i mean there's a whole you know thing that goes with that because you know a lot of times uh it's i'm not gonna say always but Sometimes it's a sign of depression. Oh, for sure. You know, um, that's like an outward expression attention. of depression. Attention, yeah. yeah. It's attention, it's but also depression in a way, In a way, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it's all mixed. It's a mixed bag of things. Uh, so here you are, and and like I said, it's great also that, that your, your wife, has become part of this, um, and have you been? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I want to use. Have you become the person that's been been able to bring somebody that was you before? You know, you know how you said oh, that you found that person that was able that you went to when you were basically looking for something, and they were able to. Have you been that person for somebody else who maybe yeah. was into either witchcraft or? Yeah. Just bad stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's with everything with my ministry, my podcast, my music, mm-hmm. the book. It's kind of it serves two communities and both of them are younger versions of myself. Okay. It serves to the young lost soul who's uh, into things or dabbling into the occult or just they're into the mysterious and the unknown. So we talk about those things okay. on the podcast and I don't denounce everything. I want to make sure everything's done in the right light and the right spirit. And right. again, looking at some of the stuff in the Bible, almost like a right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, part of the podcast and stuff is to reach out to those people. But then the other half of the audience is the, the person who's still in church and in the religious community who are having dreams and visions and, okay. and, and entities are showing up, angels are showing up and we're, you know, they're getting uh, impressions from the spirit world and they're not always demonic, right? They could right. be angelic, they could be ancestral, right? So just looking in, into some of that stuff and like, instead of just cutting it off or being you know, hey, that's not of God, it's demonic, cut it off. And there's still these things, you pray against it all you want. It's going to keep happening. It's an ancestral cry. It's an ancient voice that's that's mm-hmm. there. It's your birthright, you know. So I, I, I minister to those people too, those people who are, they don't have anybody in the Christian community to talk about. And so let these people know you can you can be different, you can be strange, and you can still embrace your faith and your foundation in God and in Christ and in the Bible and showing you things that, look, it doesn't mean that 
you know, uh, God is against you just because the church is. Or And I right. show them in the scriptures, these divination even and casting of lots and things right. and talking to angels, leaving your body, like all of these things to be done. All of these things are tools. They're spiritual technologies and tools that we have here. But we have to use them with response. We have to be responsible and we have to use them in the right light. So I try to teach people that, you know, and uh, so that's the two sides. And both of them are just like me speaking to a younger version of myself out there. Let me ask you, and I'm going to say, because I've also heard of this, that once you start doing that work, you become a target because from the dark side, they want you. In other words, they want to derail you. All right. Has that happened to you after you started doing that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, they show up in different ways, you know, and but um, knowing knowing um, just the, the way things work and my faith and my trust and my foundation and my past, I have a contrast now. Okay. At first, I had no contrast. You know, this was it. That was this. Now I have, okay, this is rock bottom. This is losing your mind. This is euphoric bliss in the presence of God Almighty with angels and Jesus Christ. You know, I've been right. in, I've been in, I've been in both sides. So I have okay. a contrast now. So okay. but as far as having a target, yeah, it, it they show up in different ways and different yeah. trials and tribulations in your life to right. and things like that. But but um but I believe I trust the process. I'll say yeah. that. You know, and I, I feel like if there's things that I could open myself up to to open those doors mm-hmm. like I did when I was younger. Right. Um so I make sure that those doors are shut. Even with the exploration that we do, it's all done through through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and and uh, and any type of um, um, benevolent entity, and asking God, who is you know is the lover of my soul, you know what I'm saying for for these beautiful experiences. So everything's kind of filtered through that. Um, so come whatever may, like it's part. I believe that He's the author and finisher of our faith, of this life and this beautiful experience that we have, and He's written some really cool things in it for us to explore and to find out and to embrace so without fear and fear shuts us down from a lot of things like you were mentioning at the Mm -hmm. beginning so um, I embrace it and uh, I try not to I try to make sure that I'm doing the higher level things like if you right right, when I tapped into the spirit realm trying to talk to spirits I was robbing people we were in the gang affiliation you know all kind of bad stuff lying cheating um so when you tap in to the other side, whether it's through meditation or astral projection and all that, you're going to see the entities that you're entertaining. Right. So I tapped into the other side and saw grotesque entities that wanted to have their way with me and did and quite literally in, in the physical and it had spiritual implications. And so now on this side, I'm able to tap in through meditation and through prayer and through trance and through fasting and all of these beautiful spiritual technologies again that we have. But now I'm having beautiful encounters with God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, angels, you know, and uh, and and I trust God, and so it's been a beautiful encounter on this side. Let me ask him, Derek. Have you ever run across somebody who, like you said, maybe whether they were into something darker, they were doing stuff, and that you that you felt, you know what? I I think I'm I can handle going into these areas with the understanding that I have now, but have you ever run across people that you advise them, look, you should never dabble in this. You know, in other words, because you realize that there's something about their personality, that in other words, if they start (laughs) going in that direction, it's just too easy for them to slide back in. In other words, not everybody is ready 
and some and, and, and some people never are. By this, yeah. I mean that just stay at this level. I'm, I'm sure you well, found people. Yeah, like so that, I, right? I mean, I have to put up with that on the podcast all the time because okay. we I talk to people from all walks of life, and so some people who may be into dark stuff. I don't. I don't have. I haven't seen anybody who's who's been in or experienced anything darker than I have. To be honest with you, okay, I've talked to people across all the spectrums and and things. And so, as far as like discerning where they are and, and if it's if it's delusional, if it's demonic, you know what I'm saying. I haven't really dealt with anybody like that. And I've interviewed hundreds of people, but that's for me. That's my discernment, right? right. Um, other people would say, hey, that's a psychic. Stay away. The Bible condemns psychic phenomena. You know, and so I have to put up with that. So, you know, they the, that type of information can open up doors for other people, right? right? Just because I can talk to them, they may open up and yes. get get into something totally different because of a guest they heard on my show. Now, I'm not going to condemn them. I'm right. going to talk the practice. We're going to look at it. I'm going to see where it fits in the Bible if it does. But I, I really do. Again, I trust the process for those people too. Yeah. That wherever they're supposed to be, that if they get into it, there might be something for them to learn. There's always grace. God, and I want to let them know that God is is bigger, and the love of Christ is is bigger than than any of those other spirits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I right. go through so many encounters in my book, but at the very end, I talk about the supremacy of Jesus and and how the, all of these other entities and demons and spirits they have to bow they have to listen so if you ever find yourself in a place where you don't want to be my story call out to christ you know he'll always be there you i I know atheists and i know hindus who are in who are having encounters and sleep paralysis and they don't Mm -hmm. call on Krishna. they they say jesus and the the encounter stops and so i i make sure that that's that's known and not in a religious way just in a spiritual pecking order and hierarchy that because the whole thing with it, I, obviously with my past, I have to be careful. I sure. have to warn people. You yes. know, there are there are red flags, but I don't want to stifle exploration either and say, right. oh, stay away from everything. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, so intention is key. Well, what I mean, are you and the thing do? is that I think sometimes people know that they're getting into a danger zone and then they go to somebody, let's say like you, who they look up to and they almost want you to approve of it. Like oh. internally, <laughs> they kind of know, you know, I shouldn't go there. But hey, if I speak to him and he gives me the thumbs up, then it'll be okay. Yeah, like, because they don't yeah. want to listen to their inner intuition that tells them either never go there or you're not ready for that yet. Yeah, and so with that, like, you just kind of, it's so funny. I have to always, like, I guess reiterate the foundation or something because, like, every every episode of the podcast or every song is not going to be, you know, the pros and the cons and uh-huh. how to do it. And, you know, so it may just be the subject matter, may be this one thing or whatever. But you, know, you find a lot of people looking for, um, I, I, I think I find that I talk to a lot of people who are, who are, you know, what I'm saying where I were, what, where I was. And, and, um, I think there's hope for everyone, you know, no matter where they are. Um, and, and I think yeah. we really, we really champion the, the inner, the inner work and healing and getting through your darkness and embracing the light yes. and even embracing the darkness. Yes. You know, now I can look back at what I, I was went through and I'm thankful for it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now, when I was going through it, that's a different story. But now I have that contrast and I could say, OK, this is this, this is that. And I'm, I have an appreciation for life, for sanity, for peace for breath you know I, there was t- they were stealing my breath from me like me ask you, what I was, happened I was wheezy when... and, and short of breathing so 
Now I can breathe. Yeah. Like I'm thankful for every. My heart was racing and doing weird stuff. I'm thankful for my heartbeat. Like, you know, I, I have appreciation for life now. You know. Absolutely. Let me ask you, what happened once you switched gears so dramatically? Think about it. How, how did your your family of origin, by this I mean your mom, or how did they handle that? Were they on board with it? Oh, yeah. They were trying to take credit for everything. Oh, they were? Like okay. my mom and my granny and brother. Like they were like, yeah. And they would kind of because they my family likes to talk and bicker and gossip and stuff. Uh -huh. And they're like looking to always looking to one up one another. It's like, well, I, I let them stay with me and I brought them oh. to church and you kicked them out. And so my family were like they would they would like, you know, family reunions and talking to people and say, oh, yeah, uh -huh. Derek's in church now. And he's there, and, you know, because I've changed my life. And. They were all like trying to take credit for. It. <laughs> okay, that's so good. they were happy. That's yeah, good. that's good. Yeah, it was because of me. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, because I've heard of sometimes people making those changes in their family of origin. It's like, ah, uh, you know, they're, they're not on yeah. board themselves. They kind of like, oh, I made it out, man. Yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't be, do nothing but be happy. You know what right. I'm saying? Uh, though just the person that I was and the person I've become and, and, and becoming, you know. Yes. yes, and that's that's really what you're saying is, you know, we're always in a in a sense evolving, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. What we I are. mean, I, there was times where I thought I had it all figured out, you know, even in, as a Christian, and I thought I knew, and I would debate people and challenge them, and you know, all that kind of stuff, and because I thought I, my way was right, and right, and uh. You know, that got busted up really quick and got put on my butt and shown a bigger world and more inclusive. But it was more beautiful. But it was had to like an ego death and swallow your pride and, oh, and see the that ego, God is in. The ego will do it all the time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's this weird thing. when we, we have this way of saying what God is and what God isn't. Mm -hmm. And he has a way of coming through and say, oh, let me show you. Or God doesn't speak through this or God doesn't love this or you see, you start seeing God. If you can't see God in all, then you can't see God at all. And see this, this, uh, how inclusive the, the love of God is. It permeates everything, and yeah. He is in in all and through all. And the Scripture says, "Hero Israel, the Lord is one. The Lord is not divided." And so I can look into the darkness and can see Him, and I can look into the light and can see Him. And my questions and my doubts and my fears, and I see I see Him in everything. And that's being the, and that's being able to see the light and see the beauty. And all things right and and you know because i think sometimes like you said sometimes we want to impart the way humans look at things on god mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because humans react to it or make judgments th this way well then god must do the same do it the same way yeah and it's like no not it, necessarily. it's like well you know how, how convenient that god is against the same things that you're against you know yeah. you know god doesn't like homosexuals god doesn't like black people god was like hold right. on right. you don't like gay people it's not god you put you know everybody has this god that's created after their own image and they create this god and that's that's a that's a form of idolatry right. you, you created this image and this is what he is and he doesn't like this and doesn't do that and uh and you and, and those paradigms are being destroyed and it's beautiful now let me ask you something it was um i took a, a a quick look and because you mentioned that you know when you were getting involved, this was before you started, you know, going more into the Christian way of life. That yeah, you got the dark stuff, but you were also doing stuff with with. Uh, I'm gonna use the term very Wiccan or New Age. Okay, by this mm -hmm. I don't mean dark. We're talking here fairies. Yeah. 
mm, the you know gem you know minerals uh all these beings which we don't necessarily equate as dark or demonic mm-hmm. but are not part of christian judeo-christian belief what is your understanding of that now yeah um well i mean at, at first so i had to get rid of everything you know okay, there were right. there were times where it was so uh, at first anyway because i'm right. just coming out of this barely making sure. it out i didn't want to be around anything right. so being around incense and burning incense i couldn't right. be around it couldn't be around okay. anything anybody drinking or anything like that so sure. First of all, it was against it. Stay away from it. All that stuff opens up doors. You burn incense, it opens up doors. Until I started studying the Bible, being a student of the Word, mm-hmm. and uh, and just doing my studying, being open, more inclusive. I begin to like when it comes to crystals and things like that. Like there's a whole, I have a whole study in my book where you know the ancient priests used crystals right. and they used gems and rubies and, and stones, and they would the priests would wear it on their breastplate, and and because crystals. Right have the ability to change your frequency or your vibration mm-hmm. how you feel you can hold right. them and they make you feel a certain type of way yes. and so the priest would wear these breastplates with 12 stones on them and it almost acted as a conductor right. to put them in this vib- uh, vibrational frequency to go in in the presence of God and talk to God so it's like we're condemning crystals and gems and rupees and things right. like that in a new age Right. But they, they were used in the Old Testament, and in all of the tribes, they had their own uh, crystal or, or rupee that that you know, was their right. symbol. Right. So I'm like, hold on, these things were we've been told were demonic by the church, and it's like, hold on. And then incense, the priest would cleanse with incense. They would pray and believe that the incense carried their prayers to heaven. Right. And there's different aromatherapy that the incense make you feel a certain type of way. Um, Yes. The 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 uh, the Magi were the first yes, people who exactly. showed up at the birth of Christ, and they brought frankincense and myrrh, and uh, you know, and, and it changed that frankincense changes the way that you feel and puts right. you in a more peaceful mood and cleanses you out. So it's like it opens a door to some of these other things we we call taboo, burning candles and all that kind of stuff. So that, and even with the other entities, as far as like the elementals and stuff, there's some obscure scriptures that I go in, into. That, that talk about the elements of the world and the different beings that are, are here that, that are over um, the elemental kingdoms. And yes. I'm showing throughout the scriptures that there's different ways that uh, Moses and some of the patriarchs would encounter these angels. They would just call them angels. Right. The word angel just simply means messenger. An angel mm-hmm. is not a tall, blonde-headed, blue-eyed man with, uh, with a right. sword and wings. That's not an angel. An, the, angel mean, the word angel means messenger. So... They would encounter these angels. Some of them would come through the fire. They would be burning a fire, and then an angel would come through it as a portal Mm -hmm. and speak with them and deliver messages from God. Go back in the fire and go back to heaven. They travel through fire, through water, through the wind. So it opens up these other messengers. You say, well, the angels are fire. The messengers come through the elements, God's elements. And so getting into some of that stuff, it really expands our understanding you know of, of, of looking into the greek and hebrew and what these things are and and, and sure. changing our, our our paradigm and uh seeing you know all of that stuff and some of the other things that were that are mentioned like uh communing with the dead is an right. is another thing that i'm looking into uh, I, you know 
reincarnation as mentioned right. of in the Bible and yes. Jesus was expecting and the Jewish people were expecting Elijah to come back and then they mm-hmm. thought Jesus was Elijah but he said right. no I'm not him he said but you've missed him he's already come and they're like who, who was he where did he? we didn't see him right. he was John the Baptist and you didn't even know it Elijah right. had already come back you guys were waiting for this prophecy and he came back and so the the spirits of the patriarchs are coming back and communing with the ancestral uh, cry and looking into like there's another encounter where Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration and we get to see what he was doing during his prayer and his meditations where he would go off for hours. Right. He brings Peter, James and John with him. They go up this mountain. He's like, come with me. Come pray with me, guys. I got something I want to show you. They pray. He opens up the heavens. His clothes change. His face change. His starts glowing. His clothes change to all white. The clouds open up. And uh, Moses, I think it was uh, Moses and Elijah begin to speak and commune with him through the clouds. Okay. It's the great cloud of witnesses. And the Bible says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that these, the elders who are speaking with us from beyond the grave and teaching us through meditation, through prayer. And Jesus was communing with them. As far as I'm concerned, this happened every time he went into prayer. This was like the first time that we kind of right. got to follow him with a camera. Hey, what are you doing? Because they would always fall asleep. And he say, stay up a little bit longer. And they'd always fall asleep right. or they couldn't make it too long. I would say, look, stay with me. And he showed them some of the things that he was encountering. And um, it's really interesting. And so we look at Eastern thought. This has always been uh, believed in Eastern thought that your elders are teaching you from behind the grave. The Native right. Americans believe that their ancestors are yes. teaching them. And, the and, come, and, and they, come, they come through dreams and stuff like that. So it's like very similar things in the Bible that we've I've never heard about this ever, you know, so I'm looking into some of this stuff that's really interesting. So we get to kind of reevaluate some of the stuff that we've kind of threw off or called Eastern mysticism or new age. Just hold on. This is Christian mysticism. This is in the Bible. I tell everybody, you know, the, the, the three wise men, you know, yesterday was epiphany. Okay. And in Hispanic households, you know, they don't do that anymore because, but the gifts were not given till, the seventh, which is the day, because of course they came with frankincense and myrrh as gifts for the baby Jesus. And as a matter of fact, everybody brings down basically all the Christmas stuff after the seventh, because this was, uh, you know, the the gift giving part was associated. You know, you know, we have the the thing about Saint Nick and stuff, but yeah. the gift giving was also tied into, like you said, frankincense and myrrh and incense and things of this nature were quite valuable. Mm-hmm. back in the ancient world um and they, you know in other words the you know and of course we could debate about what they say is the actual date of jesus birth whatever <laughs> but but let's 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 whatever we'll we'll pretend that december 25th is the actual date you know it wasn't like he was born and the next day they showed up you know <laughs> it took yeah, about a bit no, to they, get <laughs> yeah i mean that's that brings a whole nother thing too with the the the, the context of astrology yes uh, the astrology is demonic it was they they followed the stars that led them to the birth of Christ. Right, exactly. They followed his star. They were mm-hmm. reading the stars that said, "Look, the Messiah is coming. Yes. This is where we need to be." Yes. And they were the one. It wasn't the pastors. It wasn't the priests. It wasn't the yes. religious leaders. It yes. was the magi. It was the wizards who right. showed up yes. to greet the baby Messiah into the world. Yes. You yes. Know? And that's what. Um, and uh, this was uh, like. And like, and back then, these were not uh, like you said. They were 
they didn't they weren't Jewish and of course Christianity didn't exist yet you know so they were like you said they were coming based on basic a, a prophecy in other words or an identification mm -hmm. of who yep. Jesus was destined to be or who he was um, and yeah there's a lot of stuff and unfortunately of course like everything that it's been massaged depending on who's doing the massaging of the virgin of the story <laughs> his his story yeah yeah of course uh it could there's a lot of different interpretations and I, I would say that a lot of the stuff whether like you said whether it's crystals or a lot of it has to do with your intent okay mm -hmm. if your intent is i'm going to make it real simple is either creation or destruction if your intent is creation whatever it is that you're using you know you're going to be okay if it's destruction whatever it is that you're using whether it's incense crystals whatever beads uh symbology symbols sigils take it whatever you like yeah the outcome will be all based on the intent of the person and that's really it, it, people don't realize that when and i don't know if you saw this when you said you were hanging out with that guy who was a warlock you know there's a lot of invocations where they'll say well you need candles of a certain color and or do this or do that or mm -hmm. really the uh, uh the person who's really powerful doesn't need all that because they can because basically all those things are to sharpen your intent to get you to see it focus and, mm -hmm. and manifest it okay the person who's really adept at that doesn't need the candles of certain colors or this or that. Their intent is so powerful that they can conjure it and manifest it. And that's why sometimes you will have people that they might be, if you look at them from the outside, they look like really, they're not in, how can I say it? They're not doing anything dark, but what's in them, their intent as a human is dark. And even though they might surround themselves with good stuff because maybe they're dark human beings and kind of like are pretending even to themselves that what they're doing is not wrong, the outcome is wrong because their, their intent, you know, and I'm sure you've heard of it or seen it firsthand, even with religion, you know, you'll have some oh, yeah. people that yeah. they want to like cloak themselves because they think that they're doing the right thing, even though yep. really what's driving them is destruction. Mm, and the yeah, outcome uh, is, you know, like you said, putting people down, judging them, uh, you know, uh, or I'm sure you've seen it, you're going to burn in hell, uh, you yeah. know, blah, 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 blah. And they say they get very self-righteous, but they think they're justified in doing this because they think that they're doing it from yeah, the religious perspective. Exactly. Exactly. And intent has a lot to do with that. Okay. And, yeah. And, yeah. The only one that really knows what's in your heart is God. Nobody else mm -hmm. knows, really. And like I say, what do you do when nobody's watching you? Either to praise you or to condemn you. Yeah. Okay? What What is it that you truly do in that moment? Because a lot of people, they do it. They do or don't do things. One of two things. Either because they're looking for praise or recognition. Or they're afraid of punishment. You know? God, if I get caught doing this, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 and of course, we always come back to, and I'm sure you've come across that, being responsible for your own actions is <laughs> really what it boils down to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's, 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 
that's the uh, the thing that always that you know sometimes people look to religious leaders and that's good i'm not saying it's wrong but ultimately we are responsible for our own actions and the consequences that come with them uh so yeah it's it's yeah it's 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 very interesting you have a very interesting outlook on it's based on what you went through derek that's really very interesting and i'm glad to see what happened with you because I know that there's a lot of people that never get to where you're at. Yeah, a lot of people never make it out. I got they lucky, don't. you know. They don't. They so. don't. They don't. They yeah. they either stay there or just bad things happen to them, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, I wanted to thank you so much for being part of my show. You were so fascinating. You were great. Thanks so much. And I want to wish you the best of luck with your book on I don't know if you have any upcoming projects now for 2020. Okay, but uh, absolutely, uh, I wish you the best of luck and that uh, I, I hope you'll come back and, you know, I don't know, are you planning any other books now for 2020 or what, what do you got um, going on? Not any, I'm working on some courses and some other materials okay. and things like that and uh, try, still trying to get the book promoted and try to mm-hmm. get it out there a little bit more. Do I, I published it myself, so I don't really have a company or nothing with me. So, nothing. you know, going on podcasts and doing interviews and talking about my story and stuff like that, try yeah. to get the book out there. Okay, okay. So, of course, and uh, like I said, I'll put the link to your website on the credits of the show. But for my podcast listeners, what's your website address? For sure. It's uh, truthseeker.com, truth, S-E-E-K-A-H, truthseeker.com. And you can find all my stuff there. My podcast, my music, my books, and um everything that i create it's a lot of different things meditations you know okay. all that stuff perfect okay again thank you so much and good luck to you thank you my friend you too you too bye-bye take care right, bye-bye wow he is such let me tell you something that's heavy duty stuff okay heavy duty all right heavy duty You know, because the reason why I say this is, you know, sometimes, you know, some people do know people like like Derek, like Truth Seeker, who get involved in stuff just because things happen, you know, they're young and things are happening in their personal lives and then they run across the wrong people and before they know it, they their life spirals out of control. Uh, like, and if you listen to him, he he wasn't having he wasn't only experiencing spiritual turbulence as far as who he was hanging out with and what he was looking to as far as spirituality he, his whole life he was stealing he was i mean his whole life across the board was in big big trouble big big trouble and you know what and i like his story because i know a lot of people it's a story of redemption because I think sometimes people whether you know you're young or you're old or maybe you stuff yeah whatever everybody everybody's got a different threshold in their mind where they think that's it I'm done for I I just I can't change either I'm too old or I've done too many bad things or uh, whatever it's I don't think that applies I don't think that applies. I think that the moment you make that decision and, and here's the big, 
and, okay, really important that you decide to do something to make it real. What did he do? He was a realist and he knew, he understood if I stay living where I'm at, I don't care how much I want to get out of this lifestyle. I don't care how much churching I get. It's going to be too easy for me to find myself back in there. Because you got friends, maybe even family, who knows, whatever. He did the smart thing. And it took a lot of courage, which was to leave town. And what he said was about that when he looked at the logic of getting, like he said to his, to the Alabama, to his girlfriend's parents' house, you know, it was like, no, no, no money, no car. And instead of saying, well, I guess we're screwed. We're going to have to stay in New Orleans. <laughs> no. They looked beyond the possibility of what they could logic. You know, okay, the logic tells us nothing. We're not going anywhere, but we're going to go outside of logic. And some people say faith and everything and this and that. And look, and it happened. Okay. And the reason I say this, that some people sometimes when they want, and sometimes it doesn't have to be as dramatic as something like this, but they'll look at situations or changes that they want to make. And they'll sit there and they logic themselves out of it. Oh, you know what? For me to do that, man, this has got to happen. There's just no way or the money or the this or the that. or And they just like basically talk themselves out of it, of the possibility. Never saying, well, you know what? And this is another thing. And, and I'm going to say this. It pertains not only to what you do, but when you when you pray. And by this, I mean prayer in any whatever your whatever your belief system is. Judeo-Christian, whatever, spiritual, I don't care. Sometimes people pray a certain way where they say, well, I thought that for me to, let's use his example, get to that place in another state, I'm going to need this and 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 this. And if it doesn't go like this and this and this, they forget that sometimes with prayer, you can say, you know what, I think this would be great. However, I'm open to anything else you want to send my way. The reason why I say this is that sometimes solutions will manifest in ways that you don't understand that it will. And when you don't leave that possibility open, it's, okay, why are you limiting yourself? Why? And and I'm going to give you an example. This is way out there. Let's say your car is really bad shape. Okay, you're lucky if it takes you 10 miles down the road. And you need money to fix it. And maybe you're praying and you say, you know what, I, I, I need money to fix my car so that it will get me to to this place so that, and then I'll, you know, that, okay, well, what if you go one day and you enter a, a $5 raffle and you win a, a car? People will say, oh, Marlene, that's way out there. Why not? My point being that, yes, you could say, you know what? I really need to find a way to fix my car. Either a mechanic that'll do it or just the money somehow. Something. And But they close themselves off to any other possibility. 
any other possibility. Okay? Or somebody just saying, look, hey, you know what? I'm getting rid of this car. It's not the best, but it's a, but let's say the car might be in a lot better shape than yours. And this person gives you the car. I've heard of this. This happens. The point being that sometimes we shouldn't limit ourselves to what our logic dictates as what's possible or what's impossible. Because there's a lot of things out there that you might have no knowledge of, which of course is why you don't include it, that you could bring into manifestation or into... By this, I don't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist in your world, you know, in what you know of. Okay. And by leaving that open, that door open, and I want to say it now, to do that, there's a very, very important part. And I have people, myself included, you have to remind yourself, it's expecting the good stuff, expecting good luck, expecting a good outcome. Because we kind of t- tend to do the other way around, which is, yeah, I'm going to pray. I'm going to hope for all these good things or that I need this. But, yeah, I, I know this is not going to happen. You know, like almost like, hey, if I prepare myself and I tell myself mm, it's not going to happen, then the fall is not going to be as hard. It'll just be like, uh, OK, I knew it that I knew it. No, expect it. Expect it. Yes, that's I'm going to. This is going to get solved. Some piece of good luck. Something's going to fall my way. Something. Another example, what he said about his girlfriend and her job. Okay, there you go. How about that one? That was great, by the way. That was a great story. You know, yeah, you, you know, here you are trying to basically save your soul. Because I swear to God, that's what it sounded it's like. It happened for him. But let's face it, we live in a world where practicality, you need money, you need a job. Especially if, okay, here we, we finally got over to this other place. Now, how are we going to feed ourselves? You know, her parents are going to help, but I'm sure they weren't going to look at them and let them just sit on the sofa. And part of that spiritual growth comes with the R word. You know what that R word is? It's called responsibility. Responsibility for yourself. Responsibility. People can give you a a hand up, help, like the grandma did with some little money here for gasoline. The in-laws give you a, you know, hey, we'll help with a car. But you got to be responsible for yourself. Part of that responsibility is called getting a J-O-B. Because unless you're wealthy and you, you know, then you wouldn't find yourself in that scenario. You need to work. And you got to work at something. BK, make a D, whatever it takes. You do it. Now, you will only do this and embrace this responsibility, which sometimes, by the way, is really, really difficult. When you're really serious about the first part of it, which is what he was trying to do, which is I want to save my soul. By extension, I'll save my life and my sanity. But right now, what I'm trying to do is save my soul. But... My soul exists inside a human body that exists in this real world, which means I need to make find a way to make a living. My girlfriend, she's on board. We need to eat. We need to live. While we figure it out on a day-to-day basis. Because, again, a lot of these things... And then people say, well, 
the reason why I'm saying is that a lot of people think, oh, well, it's like a, 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 a clap of thunder. Whoa. And then and it's like, it's a, it's a day-to-day thing. And by the way, I, this is the part where I say, you know, the people over worry, we, you know, we got to like rein ourselves in because I think it happens to all of us where we're trying to anticipate the bad or, or we get, and that's, you know, of course, what drives anxiety where you have to say, you know what, I'm going to do this on a, on a 24 hour basis. This is my little square being 24 hours. What can I do today? Today, just today, tomorrow, what I, today, what do I need to do today to get to that point? All right. And then do it. Then we come to the E word. It's called execute. You can only plan for so much. You can only pray so much. At some point, you have to execute and hope, you know, of course, learn from your past mistakes. That's very important. But also be prepared to forgive yourself for mistakes or say, well, that didn't work out right. Oops, don't do that again. But you have to execute. There's a lot of people that go round and round. They're stagnant because they're so afraid of making a mistake, especially if in the past they've made some really bad ones. But you got to execute. You can research, you can study, you can say, okay, you know what? I'm not being impulsive about this. I slept on it or slept on it for a week. You know, maybe I've discussed it with <clears throat> another person who I know would give me good feedback and tell me, hey, that's a great idea. I've, I've done all of that. I've exhausted all of that. Part of personal responsibility to say, I'm going to do that. Okay, let's do it. You know, or let's say him and his girlfriend who's, you know, they seem to be a, a good team. What do you think? Are we going to do this? Yeah. Okay. Well, worst case scenario, what will happen? Okay. Let's do it. And you do it. You execute. That's another thing. You execute. You do it. You go. And and a lot of times it takes a lot of faith to execute, by the way, because there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of variables that can be very, very scary. And a lot of people sometimes, believe it or not, spend the best years of their lives always being afraid of executing basically they do just enough to do what they're supposed to do because of they're forced to you know but they they never go beyond that because they're so afraid of failure or judgment or just this inability to to risk anything anything at all you know so again i i think he's a fascinating guest i hope you guys really enjoyed him i've got a slew of great guests coming on this year a lot i've got a lot of them lined up believe it or not i'm already working on season eight contrary to what you see on the slides about season seven i already got season seven just about wrapped up so pretty soon i'm going to get things going for season eight of stories of the supernatural and guys i hope you catch me on the different podcasts i'm on all the big platforms iTunes, Spreaker. Uh, if you're on Spreaker, you can find me. If you have a Sono system, you can just go to Spreaker, the connection for Spreaker, and look me up, and you'll find me there if you want to blast it on your Sono system in your house. Uh, you know, of course, you can always go to my website, MiamiGhostChronicles.com, or NightshadeDiary.com, or SupernaturalStoryTime.com, and I've got links to the podcast. You can either click it, listen to it, you can download it, or I've got links to the YouTube videos. And again, you know, you're going to find it in any, in, in, like I said, and I once, about once a week, I'll, I'll write up some 
weird story on Stranger Than uh, Stranger Fiction uh, Stories, which is a blog that I usually just look at really weird stuff. Sometimes some of it's old stuff, like unknown stuff. Other time it's newer things. Just about everything, paranormal, just weird, true crime. And um, now in uh, in December, I re I released my second non. I mean, my second fiction book called Diabolique, a civil novella. It's a shorter book, uh, a little bit over 40,000. Uh, you can find it for 99 cents on Amazon's Kindle. All right. Uh, and of course, if you part, you know, if you subscribe to, to Kindle, you know, you could get all the books for free. And again, I've also got a newsletter, which uh, I usually will tell you Besides social media, I usually put on there um, books that are coming out. Uh, if I've got new books coming out, and sometimes I'll even ask for people's opinion. If you know, if you're into supernatural fantasy, urban fantasy, that kind of genre, as far as fiction books, then you're gonna want to read my books. I think you're gonna really like them. They're way out there, way way out there. Isn't that great? All right, guys, take care. Again, uh, wishing you and yours the very best of luck, long life, and prosperity uh, for 2020. Take care.